0: Hello, you're listening to Red Brad and the Soccer Chaplains United podcast from the Touchline. Today on the podcast, we're going to take a little bit of a look into the life of Norwegian footballer Pal Inger, whose story really intrigues me. I first got to know Pal Inger a few months ago in a feature story written by The Athletic's Daniel Taylor. With Euro 2020 going on right now, I thought it might be a good time to take a break from our Lessons from Lasso series, and to share some thoughts and insights into PAL's life. But before we get going on today's podcast, I'd like to take a moment and ask you, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, would you consider taking a moment to write a review or to give us a star rating? We'd love for the podcast to get a bit more exposure amongst those who are part of the beautiful game. And if you could take a moment to do so in Apple Podcasts, that would be a tremendous gift to us. Well, as we get ready to dive into the podcast today, I want to put a question out to you. If you're a footballer, or a manager, or even a staffer in the game, here's my question How well do you know your teammates? How well do you know those who work alongside of you day after day after day? Well, I think you'll see more of where we're headed. Stay tuned, we'll be right back after this. He's found the space, and he's found the back of the net. Just a little off foot, thinking he's gonna go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made a mention, they have. He has the hat-trick, the second in his career, the third of the night, the hat-trick hero. Talked about, you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner, goes towards the near post, and you're on the angle, of what a goal! What a goal! Pal Inger is a famous Norwegian footballer, but perhaps not so famous for his football and more famous for his life outside the pitch. In the beginning of his story, a life actually marked more by crime, thievery specifically. If you want to read more and learn about Powell, let me recommend to you the story published earlier this year. It appeared in The Athletic on the 15th of March, entitled The Footballer Who Turned Art Thief Who Stole the Scream. Throughout the course of the story, we learn that Inger has developed a fascination with the artist Edvard Munch. His first acquisition, quote unquote, was Munch's 1893 painting entitled Vampire police found the masterpiece hanging on Inger's wall in his home after a raid which found stolen diamonds, watches, and wads of cash. Apparently, at the age of 18, the thrill of breaking into the lineup of a top Norwegian side, Valeringa, in a UEFA Cup tie match could not match the thrill of thievery mark- that marked Inger's personality. It was during the opening ceremonies of the 1994 Winter Olympics in Norway that Inger and accomplice made their famous snatch and grab of Munch's scream, which was housed at the time in the National Gallery in Oslo. A Scotland Yard detective eventually helped crack the case, a key clue being a birth announcement posted in the paper by Inger stating his child had arrived with a scream. Examination of video evidence leading up to the theft revealed that Inger had cased the gallery just prior to the theft. The athletic article, while not a direct interview with Inger, is well written. And I recommend reading it if you enjoy fanciful off the pitch football stories. But I just want to comment on a couple things that stand out to me in this article. First, it seems that Inger's teammates knew his penchant for stealing things, but it seems as though no one really ever thought to say anything about it. You know, there's a sort of unwritten code in the dressing room, an expectation, thou shall not steal. Often this goes without saying, but sometimes a club needs to make it abundantly clear. Uh, recently it got mentioned that Kasper Dolberg's watch heist happened from a Nice teammate, and it got a mention from broadcasters after the Danes scored a goal last week in the Euros. Theft among footballers happens. Theft in the locker room happens. But for Inger, his teammates knew that he was into other sketchy things off the pitch. And whilst there were warnings not to bring any of that into the club, it seems as though there was never really anyone on the team who stepped forward to confront or at least encourage Inger towards any sort of change or reforms. You know, it's interesting his managers that were interviewed expressed surprise at learning about Inger's off the field pursuits. During a time when football wages were low is when Powell played, one of Inger's teammates who was also a police officer is said to have tried to keep Inger on the straight and narrow. Well, apparently it didn't work. Inger was known amongst his teammates for stealing cars for a drive into town rather than taking the train these things and other antics seem to go largely unchecked. It raises a question, I think, are we responsible for the off the field actions of our teammates, our colleagues, our co-workers? Uh, Perhaps there's another unwritten code amongst footballers that's at play here. You know, in my time around the game, I found that many feel as though they ought not pry into the private spaces of another's life. Unless it has a direct correlation or impact on their life or on the team or the club, most footballers won't say a word. Related to all this, it seems to me that not only was anyone hesitant to say anything to Inger, but it seems as though no one was really interested to know or understand the deeper things going on inside of Pal, inside of his heart, his mind, his his soul. Those types of things. We learned from the article that some players actually encouraged Inger a bit more in his less-than-social skills, some of them taking wagers on how long for him to break into a teammate's car maybe that had been locked, uh, and and, and seeing other things like that go on. We know, too, that Inger's mother was against his criminal behavior. His managers and teammates, though, seem to be shocked about Inger's criminality in it and seem to have very little to say about Inger as a person, with more mere speculation as to what led to his attraction and temptation to commit crime. You know, was it Inger's childhood? Maybe growing up in a concrete high-rise in one of the poorer parts of Oslo? Was it a personality and a persona that sought attention and liked to show off his "quote-unquote" skills? Maybe it was different influences. Uh, it was mentioned in the article that he really found uh, uh, sort of this, this family feeling uh, or this, this hero sense of watching The Godfather. And he had a bit of a fanciful admiration of Don Corleone and the Corleone family. And that was someone that Inger looked up to and admired even as a kid. Well, whatever the reason for Pal Inger's life of crime, it has me wondering, how much do we really know the person in the locker next to us? As a chaplain of some 20 plus years around football, one of the comments I hear from footballers uh, in review is a sense of regret. You know, hey, Rev, I didn't take time to really get to know my teammates or I didn't relate well to them. I I didn't connect with them. I I should have done more. Maybe it's the environment. Maybe it's the competitive work to make it into the starting 11 or into the 18 that dress out for a game. Perhaps because it's an elite environment where you're only as good as your most recent success, people are, are afraid to be vulnerable. Athletes, coaches, executives, it doesn't matter who you are in the game. Everyone has to carry this level of bravado and kind of put on an exterior of toughness. And, and, and part of it is because there's always a younger, more hungry person sort of nipping at the heels, so to speak, wanting your job, willing to do more for less. Maybe it's some of these things, some of these walls that prevent us from truly knowing one another or trying to get to know each other. One of the beautiful things about the beautiful game is that we see such a wonderful global diversity in most of the locker rooms across the game. There's different cultures, different languages, different backstories, different faiths and religions. There's a unique collection of people that are assembled to make a team. And in some cases, the assembly of a team goes beyond all the various barriers that we might typically have in, in, a, in a particular society or country or culture. When I think about these things, I think about the team that Jesus assembled to be his closest disciples, the 12 men that Jesus chose to be part of his intimate entourage, in some cases, Jesus chose some individuals who really would have struggled to be together otherwise. Take, for example, Matthew, a tax collector, and Simon, a militant zealot. These two typically would have been at each other's throats. Simon having taken taking oaths and, and sort of training to proclaim and promote the purity of Judaism. And Matthew, really a sellout. He's in cahoots with the Romans for taxation. Leave these two guys alone in a room without Jesus, and one of them is not likely walking out alive. And there are more interesting conflicts amongst the people Jesus chose to follow uh, and and have him be part of their group uh, in a more close sense. But because of Jesus, these these 12 people, these 12 men from such diverse and even conflicting backgrounds came together and were unified toward one purpose. They were unified around one person. Scriptures capture more of the tension and conflict. It's likely there was more than that, but because of Jesus. We might say that a football locker room has similar challenges, similar difficulties in bringing together so many individuals and trying to unite them toward a common purpose and goal. And some likely only see it as a job, or some may have a temporary sense to what team they're playing for in a moment because they're thinking to the next level or the next place or the the next uh, club. But if you're a player or coach, I want to encourage you to try and go one more, to go a level deeper. This week even, take a moment to pause. Take inventory of the team assembled around you. How well do you know them? Are you open and approachable? Do you know a, a person beyond just the surface level? Do you know what makes them tick? What motivates them? Is there someone that you see from across the room that might be like a pal Inger, someone That you could reach out to and get to know better. Well, in conclusion, let me leave us with a prayer for the different persons and different personalities assembled in a team and for the stalwarts and the shady characters alike for the pal Ingers and others that typify our diverse locker rooms. Heavenly father, I pray for locker rooms and teams all around the world for the strange and beautiful assembly of people for the common purpose of winning a game for achieving their best. I pray for them, for those that are in the limelight, for those on the fringe. I pray that in the midst of the work to unify and build chemistry around football, would you reveal yourself to each one? Father, I pray that you protect them, in the midst of the pitch and also off the field. Protect them from the temptation to isolate, to selfishly think only of themselves. Let them reach out. Let them get to know their teammates, help them to speak into one another's lives, to redeem the moments, to understand that there is more than just a game at stake here. Give them joy in the journey of the team where you have placed them. Father, I pray too for the younger generation coming up in the game, for those that are following in the footsteps of mentors and today's pro players. May the aspects of team not be lost in the midst of the competitive sphere. Only by your grace can one endure elite environments to see beyond. Only with your strength can we rise above worldly standards to be more to our teams. Only by your love do we overcome shallow football identities to become who you desire us to be. Let them be a team. Help them to become one. Amen. Well, hey friend, thanks for listening. This is Rud Brad coming to you from The Touchline.